Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday a Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or those people that still unironically use hashtag blessed in their posts, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to Everyday a Monday. And with me in the podcast studio today, I am super excited because he is one of my oldest and closest friends. We have known each other since we were both little sprouts, sprites, spritelings. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, he's a second lieutenant in the United States Air Force. And we made a pact to be in each other's weddings when we were in middle school. So that's how close we are. Mr. Peter Williams. Peter, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing awesome, Josh. Thanks for inviting me to talk. Oh, man. I'm super excited. I've been waiting for this one for a while. Um, So, Peter, before we get going, man, uh, just give us kind of a short bio of who you are, maybe a little-known fun fact, uh, what you do in the Air Force, kind of what your duties look like. Just kind of, you know, give us a a short bio about you, man. Sure, man. So, like Josh mentioned, I grew up right around here where he did in Tenasca, Washington. We both met each other actually on the wrestling team. That's we right. found out that we were Christians, and we've grown together ever since then. Um, yep. I went to school at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, got my, uh, my bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering and computational mathematics, and that's where I also earned a commission in the United States Air Force. Uh, currently, I'm stationed in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico, <laughs> and I'm a developmental engineer. Um, I'm actually a first lieutenant. I, I promoted about a year ago. Oh, did I say second? Yeah, man. I'm Don't so, put oh, bars on me, bro. <laughs> oh, man. I took your rank. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I knew that. Good gracious. First lieutenant. Correction. Yeah. First lieutenant. That's right. Sorry. I uh, I demoted you. I'm sorry about that. So, Peter, um, you know, one of the questions here is, 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 you know, how did you get into that job? But I can attest that from the day I met you, I – you you made it very clear that you were going into the Air Force. That is what you were going to do. Like what what was it that kind of instilled this just this like unearthly passion in you that even in middle school you're like I'm I'm going in the Air Force. That's what I'm doing. It was just fact. What what was that for you, man? You know, the combination of things. I think I I deeply respect my father quite a bit. He was enlisted in the Air Force for about three years back in the Cold War, um, and growing up, especially in the super conservative community that Tenasket is, there's just a yeah. deep and healthy respect for the, for the military, both in the community and also in my own, my own family. Right. Um, right. One of the things my dad always told me, though, is, hey, man, if you're going to join the military, <laughs> try to get your commission, because life is yeah. easier if you do that. And so I sure. think that was part of the reason. Um also, selfishly, I think I wanted to join the military because they have the most advanced technology and weapon systems and, um, for me personally, aircraft in the entire world. And I want right. the opportunity to, fl- to fly and operate some of the most incredible equipment known to man. Well, yeah, I know. And, you know, just just some of the conversations we have had, you know, over the past, I'm I'm jealous, man. You get to you get to play with some cool toys. That's for sure. Yep. Um, so, Peter, uh, being a first lieutenant first lieutenant in the air force um what is what's the best part of that job for you and then on the flip side what's what's the hardest part of your job 
Well, I, I think the best part of my job is the knowledge that I'm actually, I'm doing a job that has direct um, influences for national defense. No matter mm-hmm. if I'm doing something that's mundane as paperwork or testing out something that <laughs> that um, hasn't existed yet, it's uh, right. It's it's good to know that whatever I'm doing, I'm doing for the contrib- my contribution to the defense of the United States. Um, right. The difficult part of that is, like I mentioned before, there are some mundane things that I do. Um, mm. As as an officer and as a developmental engineer, I don't actually do a whole lot of things that are that are um, down to the technician level. I do a lot of management. Sure, it, it just means that, that that you do a lot of paperwork. <laughs> I do do a lot of paperwork, man. Um, <laughs> and um, that's not always my strong suit, as you'd probably uh as you probably agree, back in high school, I was pretty disorganized, and um, organization is a struggle, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. Well, that's why God gave us both wives that are very organized, right? No kidding. Yeah. So, Peter, tell us a little bit. I mean, obviously, I know I I grew up with you, man, but but tell tell our listeners kind of how you came to Christ, um, and what what your what your spiritual journey uh, into Christianity has looked like so far. So I came to faith in Christ when I was actually about four years old. Now, some people may argue that you really don't don't know the kind of person you are, really know enough about the gospel and about God to actually be saved at that point in your life. But for me, I knew sure. enough to know that I was a sinner and that Christ um, died on the cross as the to pay the penalty for my sin. And, right. And for me, that was enough back then, I think, for, for me to be saved. Now I've I've grown a lot in Christian maturity since then. Sure. So far, um, especially when I got into college, I I uh, I got into a period early college life where I started questioning my faith, kind of the logical reasons behind why I believed what I believed, it, and how what I what I believed about the world and my entire worldview, how to actually practically live that out. Yeah. What does the gospel really mean for everyday life? What was the conclusion that you came to? How how does the gospel and how should the gospel affect our everyday life? What what does that look like to have a a life that is affected every day by the gospel? Well, but before I answer that question, I got to say I think a, a big misconception is that the gospel is just kind of a one time thing that you believed and you're saved and yes, that, right. That's the end of it, really, with the gospel and what Christ has done for us is something that that affects us from the very core of our being to everything that we do. For example, right. and it and it may sound silly, but I struggled a lot with, with stress when I was in college about just the future direction of where my life was going because if I didn't get certain grades, I wouldn't commission or get the job I wanted. Um, yeah. And but the knowledge that that God is sovereign and that God is loving, those two combined gives peace. <laughs> right. No matter what we do. Um, right. Or even as far as, I mean, talking about our eternal destination, right? You, mm. you have to preach the gospel to yourself when you start getting down on yourself because of your own your own internal sin or external sin. Right. You know that you need forgiveness on a day-to-day basis and that we have a God that's willing to do that because of what Christ has done for us. Right. Yeah, uh, exactly, man. It is it is literally the lens that we as Christians should be viewing all of life through, right? Is this truth that we are bought and paid for by Christ, and that affects everything, and that changes everything, right? It's amazing. 
So, Peter, go moving on to uh, talking about church here, man. Um, give us uh, where you go to church, and then what's one aspect of your church that, if you were to, you really think about your church, what's what's one of the main aspects that you think of that you're like, man, I I love this part of the church. Fill in the blank. So, where do you go to church? What's something that that you really appreciate about it? Yeah, so I go to church at um, at Bethel Baptist Church. It's a Southern Baptist. Uh, church here in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Right, and and to be clear, no relation to the the movement of Bethel, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, nothing like that. It's an, it's an unfortunate hijacking of the biblical name. <laughs> no, yeah, Bethel Baptist Church, and I think that the, the what really stuck out to me when I first got there was the feeling of acceptance and love that I got when I walked through the doors there. Uh, th- that being said, the feelings of acceptance and love are not how you're supposed to base where you choose to. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. However, I I went to several different churches in the area before I finally settled on Bethel. One of the ones, while it was very heavy um, and doctrinally sound, and I loved the preaching there, there was just absolutely no community. and It was weird because you mm. you're getting fed, but you didn't really have anybody else there that you could connect with. And sure. Bethel, I think, struck the happy balance of having good, solid preaching, but also having a community. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, community is so important. And, you know, Peter, that's interesting because it seems like, you know, I don't know what, what your experience was, you know, growing up. But, that you know, the really the importance of community in church is something that um, – I don't want to say is new to me because because it was always it was always seen as important growing up, but but I think it's just probably my own my own stubbornness um, is just I've really just recently come into the realization of how truly important having a group of believers around you, uh, how how truly important and beneficial that is. True, because a lone wolf Christian is not a healthy Christian. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. true, man. That's true. Um, what are some ways that you are involved and serving in your local church there? Yeah, so one of the ways that I'm involved is I'm part of the church security team. <laughs> and <I> think, <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, right? so, put, put the military guy on there. <laughs> well, I, I think that I was targeted for that as soon as I went there. <laughs> yeah. I walked in the doors like, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the military. I'm like, oh, you'd be great for a security team. Here, so get on get the paperwork. Sign up with, to be with us. Right. Okay, sure. Um, one of the areas that my wife and I are really looking forward to serving, though, even more than the security team, is um, with the youth ministry. Okay. I have more, way more of a passion, honestly, for um, for teaching God's word than I do for doing security at our church. Especially with all the influences that youth have in their lives right now and everything that they're having to deal with, both just in school and society, social media. Um a gospel-centered lens on life is more needed now than I think it has has ever been, especially especially for the younger generation. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, how would you say that your church, perhaps the leadership of your church, encourages and facilitates service and getting plugged in? Well, it's something that they really um, highly advertise, and it's actually a requirement yeah. for the church members. If you're going to be a member of the church, you have to be involved in at least one ministry that the church has going on. Great. They don't, they don't put hours on it or anything like that, but hey, if you're going to be yeah. part of the body, you're going to do stuff with the body. <laughs> right. 
Right. Yeah. Right. You know, oh man, we were just, um, so I'm in a men's group uh, at church and we were just talking about the importance of membership Mm -hmm. and why membership is important. Um, And every church does membership differently, of course. But, but what I've found is that the best membership uh, model requires and, and encourages service from the people in the church, right? So it's not just this social club, right? It's actually, we want you plugged in. We want you committed to serving uh, your community here, right? Right. And I mean, that's part of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. You don't go to, well, for that matter, you don't even go to church or you shouldn't go to church even as a non-member to just hang out. Right, right, right. So exactly. If, if you're not a member, I'd imagine that you'd probably be going to church to be fed or, or to hear yeah. the or to hear God's word being preached. But as a member, you want to be part of that ministry and outreach of the gospel from the local church. Yeah, 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 exactly. What do you think the benefits of church membership are for a Christian? One of the benefits is getting plugged in with other members that are serious about their church, about their their development in serving the church. And to so the church membership kind of distinguishes those who want to be a part of the, a part of the body from those who don't. And right. once you become a member, you become part of not only the body that's serving others, but you yourself, yourself can be served by the individuals that are interested in actually doing service. Right. Um, and as my wife just mentioned, she's sitting right next to me right now. Accountability is also another great aspect of being, oh, because you have other, other people that are actually willing to call you out on areas of sin in your life or areas where you could be doing better. Um, right. As, as far as far as the, the church is concerned, the benefit for the church is you can actually enact church discipline if necessary, because you can't do that with people that are non-members. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It really, it, you know, and and looking at it also from a more a more uh, leadership stance as well is is it helps the pastors and the elders to know you know, who, who they're responsible for. Right. 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 It helps them to know that, you know, okay, these people here have committed to uh, fall under the leadership, come under our, our accountability and our authority. Right. And these are the sheep that we are responsible for. Right. That's really helpful to know. You really can't be responsible for people that merely just show up. (laughs) No, you can't. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, all, all good points. I think, I think churches that, Again, I don't want to go so far as to say it's sinful because it's not. Um, but I think the churches that don't have some sort of membership are missing out on some very, very rich blessings that that's true would benefit them so greatly. Well, and and I think that when we look back in the Bible at the early church, the church membership in quotes wasn't actually a thing. You were assume, you were going, you were a member of the body of Christ if you were right. a participant in that community. And so yeah. we have membership at a, one of our more contemporary churches today. That's that's really who the body really is. Yeah, right, right, right. And, you know, and and back then the communities were so tight knit and close together. Anyway, that that you know, if you showed up to the church, you were automatically a member, yeah, right? You were automatically serving you each other. Show up if you weren't interested in being part of that body. But now it's different. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and in today's culture where everyone's so disconnected and mm-hmm. and everyone is is uh, is kind of doing their own thing, you know, formal membership is is something we need. It's something that's important because it it gets us out of this mindset that uh, one everything we do is about us, right? And we only need to be worrying about ourselves. But it also gets us out of this mindset of, you know, what 
I have a responsibility to these people in my church, my brothers and sisters here who I'm going to church with, to serve them, right? To give of myself and to use my time, my talents, my treasures, whatever it is, right. to uplift the community of believers that are committed to each other. That is so important. Well, right. Well, talking about benefits of church membership, one of them is clarity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, not only is there clarity, as you mentioned, from the leadership perspective, but there's also clarity from the, uh, from the layman's perspective of who can I actually minister to? That's like, where can I prioritize my time and effort? Well, obviously other members. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. All right. <laughs> Membership tangent. That's okay. I love it. It's a, it's a really, really important topic, especially in, in churches today. Um, but moving kind of a parallel point to that, Peter, when you think about just, just work and service in general, right? Whether it's in the church or whether it's your job as a first lieutenant, right? Doing the nine to five, working with a bunch of knucklehead privates or what, whatever it is, right? How, 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 does, how does your Christianity your Christian worldview, how do you see that affecting how you view work? It makes my work always important because I'm always representing Christ yeah. in, in whatever it is that I do. Um, right. Be it for better or worse, for Christ's glory, he's, I, I, I am identified with Christ as a Christian. Right. And, and whatever it is that I do, especially if I'm open about my faith, always carries the mark of Peter the Christian is doing this. <laughs> right and and I don't really want to attach Christ's name to a sloppy job. There's also the part of it where we we know from was it Book of Colossians? I can't remember the actual reference that whatever we do, we we do as if we're working for the Lord and not for men. And even in working in a secular environment, the work that I put forth is ultimately for it should be for the glory of God and not just merely the people that are in charge of me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, exactly, man. So, so, and then that leads into the, the obvious question that, that I've heard so many times, um, is how do I bring God glory in my work? Right. So say you're in a job that isn't, uh, oriented around church, right? You're not a pastor. Uh, so you're not yeah. doing, doing the obvious, you know, counseling and preaching, say you're a plumber, Right. Or you're an electrician or you're working in the military or, you know, you know, just working a normal nine to five and you have somebody that's struggling with how, how does this bring God glory in the big picture? How does this bring God glory? How would you answer that question? Even if we can't derive actual intrinsic value out of the work itself, which I believe we can, but even if we couldn't do that, there's still the attitude and manner in which we go about our work. Are we going to do it in a spirit of humility and a spirit of, um, of forgiveness when things go wrong can we can we show christ's characteristics and the way that we deal with people on a day-to-day basis to show them that there's something different about the way that we are as mm. Christian who's been uniquely affected by christ differently the right. way that the world goes about their job so yeah yeah that's that is so important uh because that mindset can literally change the way you view work work and you know any job that you have, whether you're a pastor, uh, you're an accountant, you're you're you know a programmer, wh- whatever you're doing, having that mindset automatically makes it so that the glory that you bring to God in your work might not necessarily be the actual 
output of what it is that you're working on, but it has to do with your heart. It has to do with the motives behind working. It has to do with doing things in an upright and excellent manner because ultimately you as a Christian, you're crunching those numbers or you're programming that code or you're you know <laughs> ordering that knucklehead private around because – you're doing it ultimately for God's glory and not the glory of man. Right. And I think also like in difficult circumstances where you're dealing with something in your job that's, that is not the most fun or is just a challenge and pulls you to see people with more clarity when you realize, wait a minute, the only reason, the only reason I'm even receiving the benefits of, of the gospel myself is because God decided to have mercy upon me. And right. look at my at my unsaved coworkers. How can I be angry or or disrespectful or a yeah. jerk towards them when I see you know what they're I'm just as much of a sinner as they are. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's so good. Just, you are in just as much need of as much grace, exactly. right? Um, and that gives us the mentality to show it to them, mm-hmm. right? So, Peter, we've been talking about good reasons for serving in church, good motivations. Um, what would you say are some misconceptions or some really bad reasons to serve in church? What are some What are some bad motivations to have to get plugged in? Well, I, I think the worst motivation is when, whenever you have a reason that distorts the gospel. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean – yeah, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> well, well, really, I, I think that um, in churches where the gospel is preached, where, where people's ears are still blocked up, they still think that church membership serving in the church is their way to merit righteousness before God. You know? oh, okay, so so having the mentality that, that yeah. service is somehow affecting your standing. Yeah, that service is somehow affecting your standing. All right. Um, the other improper motivation for those that already are saved is that somehow God would love you more <laughs> because mm, of your service, sure. where we where we know that the love of God doesn't change. I think that trust in the steadfast love of God and just in his character is what gives us the right motivations to serve. Peter, when you think about Christians that, uh, that inspire you to be more like Christ, and what are the traits that they possess that really do that? Well... So I, I guess I'll answer that question by saying one of one of the things I most appreciate about Jesus himself was his humility. And we, we've discussed this before, Josh, but I think that that type of humility for the Christian comes from a proper understanding of the holiness of God. When, when we see God's holiness, we realize that God is completely different and apart from his creation. His righteousness, justice, wisdom, power, mm-hmm. beauty are so far beyond our comprehension that it, it brings us to our knees and makes us want to do nothing but honor him. Um, and then and then couple that with the fact that God in his holiness uh, contrasted with our sinfulness. He looked on us and decided to love us instead. You know, how humiliating uh, is that for us, right? It absolutely right? floors pride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I agree, man. I agree. All right, so Peter, um, you've grown up in the church. Uh, we both have... What's one of the funniest or most unforgettable church experiences uh, you have ever had? <laughs> this past summer, before we got married, when my wife came back to visit her best friend and my family, when I when I first showed on up to see her, it was really it was a little bit awkward and kind of hilarious how things played out because I got to 
because I'm walking through the church doors for Sunday. It was the first time I'd seen her in a couple of months. Sure. And it was really weird because this is the first time I saw her in my hometown. It was also the first time that the rest of the church actually saw me dating her. Or yeah, okay. Or together in the same place. And so it was like we're walking into a completely new situation where all of our relation all of our relationships have been redefined. <laughs> you just like, like I'm picturing. Okay. So, so this is what I'm picturing, yeah. right? This is where my mind, this is where my mind goes. And if your wife's listening, she'll appreciate this. Right. So I'm picturing you walking into the doors of your church. Right. And everything goes tunnel vision. Right. It gets all like dreamy, blurry kind of. And then that song that's like, I just died in your arms tonight starts playing like in your head and it's just like zooming in on your wife and then it cuts and everybody in the church is just staring at you awkwardly as you're sitting there just kind of drooling. Is that, is that kind of what happened? Well, the, the drooling part, I'm not so sure about. <laughs> everybody, All right. That, the drooling part might, might be a little grandiose. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody was staring at us like, what are these two going to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully nothing at this moment. Right, we are in church. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Good stuff. Uh, for those of you who have been listening, we are in the middle of a giveaway. We are giving away the book Church Membership, How the World Knows Who Represents Jesus by Jonathan Lehman. It's part of the Nine Marks Building Healthy Churches line. We're going to be giving the book away next week. Next Monday is going to be the giveaway. We'll be announcing the name on the podcast. What you have to do, go on Instagram or Facebook, like the post, tag somebody in the post, and then obviously you have to follow us as well. That's that's just how it goes because... Because those are the rules, okay? All right, those are the rules. So if you want the book, it's a fantastic book, Church Membership. We'll be giving it away to one lucky winner. Well, no, one blessed winner, excuse me. One providentially uh, um, endowed winner. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, it's going to be great. Go on up there. So Peter, before we get going, man, it is time for the Monday Hot Takes. And this is when I ask you a whole bunch of random questions and you give me the first thing that pops into your head. Are you ready for these? Sure. I love it. It's going to be great. All right. What's the funniest thing your wife has ever said to you? She's actually sitting right next to me right now. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) I can't think of anything that we really said to each other that just got us both busting out laughing all at once. That's terrible. I'm sure we've said something funny. But we've said something funny (laughs) to each other, but that's. I'm just. I don't know. I love how just. I I can't. Cause couples just to start fighting with one question. <laughs> We're gonna skip that, guys. Before, before before we all need counseling together. <laughs> None of that happened. Uh, Peter, favorite band or slash musical artist? Well, I am a huge fan of Petra. That's actually yes. That's actually your fault, Josh. <laughs> that is my fault. I will claim that. Yeah, yeah. But the question, but the question is, is does Bethany like Petra? I see. I see. Okay. Okay. So I've got some work to do then. Yeah. She likes the lyrics, not necessarily the style. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's 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 a start. We can work with that. Yeah. I'm also Petra. I'm also a huge fan of Shylin. So that's. Oh yeah, Shylin's awesome, man. I love him. Uh, Okay, Peter. What's the worst book you've ever read? The worst book. (laughs) What, what, What kind of bad are we talking about here? Are we talking about like? In terms of content bad, in terms of storyline bad. 
Dude, it's it's literally whatever bad you want. Like like think of a horrible book and then just whatever pops into your head, that's what we're gonna roll with. So I think one of the few books that I just couldn't even bear to finish was The Shack. Yeah, <laughs> The Shack. Well, yeah, that has come up multiple times on this podcast. Yeah, I, I started reading it because my, my mom bought it and she and uh, I got about halfway through and just like none of this even makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> The God that I know. This is not who God is. So that's right. Can you say heresy? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. What's your least favorite food? Least favorite food? There's not a whole lot of food I don't actually like. Probably product of this nasty wrestling program. Um. <laughs> it's true. We did choke down a bunch of interesting. Yeah. Moving on. What is the worst part about being a guest on a podcast? <laughs> Random questions. Peter, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I'd like to be a lot smarter than I am right now. Having having a level of wisdom that's somewhere below the level of omniscience, but is really everything I need to get me through life would probably be. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> everything to get you through life, just a level but below omniscience. <laughs> Thank so humble. Thank you for limiting yourself there. <laughs> Enough so I never have to study or apply my brain in a in a strenuous manner ever again. That'd be nice. Wow. Okay. They call those drugs. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see moving on. Uh favorite movie. Favorite movie. You know, it used I'd say Band of Brothers is probably my favorite movie. Well, that's a TV not, show. No, not Band of Brothers. We Were Soldiers. That's the one. Oh, We Were Soldiers with uh, Mel Gibson, right? Mel Gibson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's a great movie. Uh, let's see. Peter, what is the best Christmas present you've ever been given? So that would either have to be the, um, you know, I think it was probably the watch that my grandfather gave to me when I was in sixth grade. I still have it. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So I'm going to cause some more marital strife here. But Peter, if you could do over one thing at your wedding, what would it be? One thing. And I was in your wedding. So, so I'm, so I'm going to know. Well, I would pick a different place to get my hair cut. (laughs) Dude, no, that place was awesome. What are you talking about? (laughs) That place was fantastic. It was so sketch. They, They did a great job, but I felt so uncomfortable there. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness that yeah that place oh man yeah my my breaking out man it was horrible oh man well yeah you walk you walk in there and you're like you know what i might not come out of this alive yeah. but i'm gonna look good either way <laughs> that's the best haircut i've ever had yeah and the most scared i've ever been <laughs> dude i love it that's that's awesome uh all right peter what is uh what's your go-to karaoke song one hell of an amen by brantley gilbert whoa okay left field interesting mm-hmm. all right all righty all right well peter uh let's see last question here uh this is super super important all right possibly at this point, the most important question we've had, um, Star Wars or Star Trek? I'd probably say I'm more of a Star Wars fan. All right. There we go. You heard it here first, folks. First Lieutenant Peter Williams on the podcast, Star Wars fan. Peter, we are done, man. That was a lot of fun. I uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast with me. It was great talking to you. And um, 
looking forward to doing it again sometime, man. Awesome, man. All right. Well, everyone, don't forget the Instagram and Facebook giveaway church membership by Jonathan Lehman. We will be selecting a winner next week. Like and follow our pages. Uh, Like the post. Tag somebody in the post if you want to be entered in. And uh, you all can head over to iTunes and leave a raving review and a five-star rating. Uh, The more ratings and reviews we get, uh, the more it gets put in front of people's people's ears, if that's a thing. Put in front of people's ears. That's that's not a thing. Put in front of people's faces. Put in... You know what? I'm going to move on. Anyway, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, we are there. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Everyday Monday Podcast and Instagram at Everyday Monday Pod. That's where we're at. So thank you, everyone, for joining us in the trenches today, and we will catch you on the next ep of Everyday a Monday.